Chapter 1 Manaka Early morning in the high green hills overlooking the old capital of Japan, overlooking Kyoto, next to a stream chasing over gray pebbles, a young eagle with bristly brown feathers notices a woman in a white robe. The woman steps barefoot from the Yokan Lodge to a platform where a wooden tub is huffing steam. She drops her robe, the woman, exposing the brush strokes of an exquisite Asian body, sharp breasts and elbows, arched back, long-fingered hands fluttering up as if in dance, a one-inch red scar above her heart. Her head jerks, her black straw hair flips about, the slits of her eyes narrow. Someone watching. But she doesn't cover up, doesn't reach for the robe. Here in the wild, at her lodge, she feels more natural naked than clothed. And what has she to be ashamed of? She, Manaka Yagami, the first female tech billionaire, creator of Aina, the supreme artificial intelligence. Her child. The most unnatural of things. Ha! The cold eyes watching were only those of an eagle on a bare branch, just there across the way. Let him watch. Let him etch her body on the back of his eyes. She steps into the tub, suffers the burn of the water on her feet and calves, then on her thighs and her bottom as she settles in, the water cutting round her waist, reflecting the sky like a broken mirror. She is both in and out. She sighs, slips her hands into the water up to her wrists, cutting them the wrong way. No blood. The eagle shrieks and lifts off, flying right above her. A brown feather floats down like dirty snow. Manaka moves her head just enough to dodge the feather, blowing it away from her. The lost thing lands on the surface of her bath and spins weightless, directionless, like a ship that's lost rudder. No feeling at all now. Her body adjusts. Thoughts melt. She becomes the feather, adrift. Once a thing attached to life, to the living, now detached and hollow. Why does she feel so hollow? Her commute to Yagami Industries took her past the old emperor's palace, surrounded by pink blossoming cherry trees and the International Manga Museum, with its shelves stuffed with candy-colored comic books. She enjoyed both these places when she was younger, when she first moved to Kyoto from the big island of Hawaii. She enjoyed them no more. She found no joy in anything she once did anymore. She didn't know why or when this happened exactly, only that it had happened. She closed her eyes. <clears throat> her driver cleared his throat. How long had they been sitting there, in front of the ten-story building, her home away from home? She let herself out, had always insisted upon that, and told the driver she would be working late as usual, he grunted and bowed his head. She entered her building, acknowledged the bows from the security guards behind their counter, and stepped into an elevator where a man, one of her many employees, stood with his son. She did not know him. Impossible to know them all. He looked embarrassed, bowed low and long. The boy, maybe twelve, heavy set with a round, innocent face and hands as wide and fat as the paws of a bear did not bow, but stood staring inquisitively at Manaka. 
His eyes had an unusual tint for a Japanese boy, almost blue. The elevator closed its doors and began to climb. Stop staring, the man whispered to the boy, pushing his head towards the wall. But the head bounced back with its almost blue eyes and locked onto Manaka. Something about her captivated him. Why don't you have one? The boy asked Manaka, who was taken aback by the question. When what? She said, trying to smile, but the boy's worried look stopped her. The elevator chimed, the doors opened. The man grabbed his son by the hand and pulled him out. Please excuse him, Madam Director, he said, as he bowed low in parting. My son is special, you see. Gets him in trouble. That's why I have him today. I hope you don't mind.